What's good, everybody? It's Big Baby Jonathan here. I was on the Best of Basketball podcast. My interview with Russell Morin. We discussed Lakers and Anthony Davis talk. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Best of Basketball today. Uh, I'm your host, Russell Morin, along with a very special guest, Big Baby Jonathan. Big Baby, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, bro. Um, uh, yeah, we're just going to go deep on the Anthony Davis trade. I just want to know, what was your initial reaction when you saw the Woj bomb that said the Pelicans have agreed to send Anthony Davis to the Lakers? Uh, I'm not surprised because I knew we were going to be aggressive because we're we're the Lakers and we have to win championships in the LeBron era. Um, I'm really happy that we got this deal done. And also... If you look at it like this, Lakers didn't trade Lonzo. They also they traded Lonzo, but they also traded LeVar Ball, in my opinion, too. Yeah, that's uh, I heard that from a lot of people, and that's very true. And, uh, yeah, just initially when I saw that uh, the Lakers had acquired Anthony Davis, I was excited. Um, and I, I did, too. I thought they were going to be aggressive. You know, LeBron is 34 going on 35. Mm-hmm. He's definitely towards. He's still in his prime, but I mean, he's definitely towards the the end of his prime than the beginning of his prime. But uh, I mean, I still think LeBron has two really, really good years left at least. Um, and adding a 26 year old superstar in Anthony Davis is just going to be absolutely lethal. Um, but but yeah, I I think it was evident all along that the Lakers valued Kyle Kuzma the most out of the young core. Um, and I know that people have been saying just in the last 48 hours that uh, people within the Lakers organization never really saw Brandon Ingram as the one player that could really lead a team. They never saw him as an alpha. They didn't really think he mm-hmm. had those special characteristics of leadership that, that you want on your team. Um, and Alonzo Ball, who's a really nice player, I think he's going to be really fun to watch with Zion. Uh, but yeah, you're getting rid of him um, along with his dad and the whole ball fiasco. Um, but Kyle Kuzma, for the type of player he is, is more mature than Lonzo and Ingram, and he's much cheaper at right around $2 million um, that they're able to uh, control that that low-cost contract for the next couple of years. So I think keeping Kyle Kuzma, in my opinion, was a big win um, and not really surprised. Were you surprised that they valued Kuzma as much as they did in keeping him? I'm not surprised because there's rumors and reports that the Lakers didn't want to give up Kuzma and Pelicans wanted Kuzma. But what I think that got the deal done was the extra two picks or three picks or whatever, in my opinion. Also, everybody was – remember when Laker fans were panicking, telling Jeannie to sell the team, trade LeBron? I, I, in my opinion, I was the only positive, like, oh, we're going to get this turnaround. It's all good. Have faith in Rock Point. Have faith in Jeannie Buss. And look at us now. We got uh, Anthony Davis. And look at it like this, everybody listening. Um Anthony Davis and LeBron in free agency walking through the door, that can attract people. So uh, Kawhi Leonard might, earlier in the year, oh, I don't want to go there. But now they got AD. Let's go talk with the Lakers. Let's see what they're about. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I guess that's another good point to bring up. Uh, big baby, if you were if you were Rob Plinka and Jeannie Buss and you had – I mean – I'll be I'll be really surprised if this deal went down and the Lakers weren't trying to get that full 32 million because for our listeners who might not uh understand this right now 
The Lakers are going to have somewhere between 23 and $32 million of cap space, depending on when the trade is executed. If it's on July 6th when the moratorium ends, um, or if it's later at the end of July or even early August. Um, and then depending on whether or not Anthony Davis is going to accept his $4 million trade kicker, um, just in a nutshell, and I've been asked this question a lot, if Kawhi Leonard says he wants to come to L.A., Anthony Davis is going to waive that trade kicker and the Lakers are going to figure out a way to get to that $32 million number. Or if the trade is even executed earlier and Anthony Davis waives his number, um, I believe Eric Pincus had a report um, that said the Lakers could get within like a million dollars of a max deal and Kawhi could do like a one plus one and then re-up next summer. Um, and get even more money. Um, and so if, if a superstar third guy wants to come join the Lakers, it's going to happen, um, in my opinion. They're going to find a way. They're going to be able to do it. Um, but Big Baby, would you go the superstar route and add one more like superstar all-star level talent max guy um, and just have three guys and then just fill out the rest with pretty much minimum exceptions? Or would you try and use the – 25 ish million dollars give or take to uh, really fill out a bench and some quality role players um i think we should go after the superstars because if we go after quad leonard or jimmy butler or um, Kyrie, then maybe like a rondo could take a cheap deal maybe even the danny green a terrence ross a brooke lopez javel mcgee and uh vucevic from orlando what if he could take a deal because if we get Kawhi everybody's going to be running. Oh, I want that one-year deal. I don't care if it's cheap. You know what I mean? So I have faith in them to get everything done. But here's the thing. I don't think the Pelicans want to help the Lakers out and get an extra cap space. So they might just, according to Rojanowski, I think the deal's going to get done July 6th. Yeah, that's what it's sounding like. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. I think it also raises a lot of questions now that we saw, and I know that the Warriors were decimated with injuries, but that we were able to see a Kawhi Leonard, superstar level player um, with some quality pieces around him to go throughout the playoffs and to win the NBA championship. And I alluded to this on the last podcast, um, but that, you know, the Raptors, they really had to go through a really tough road to, to win the championship. They had to go, um, excuse me, you know, through, through Milwaukee and through Philadelphia, uh, two rising teams in the Eastern conference. And they were able to do it with, with a lot of team ball um, and to have that one superstar in Kawhi Leonard that was able to take over when it was necessary and to have big moments. And so either way, whether the Lakers are able to figure out a way to add this third guy and have this max space, um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Then again, you know, there's, I also heard um, some ESPN reporters talking today about how expensive are the Danny Greens or the JJ Reddicks, you know, these, these pretty quality role player, uh, type guys that are going to be out there on the market this summer um, that are that are good shooters. And, you know, for example, J.J. Redick, two years ago he signed with the 76ers for that one-year balloon deal at like $23 million. And then last year he signed for like 12 or $13 million. So in the last two years, collectively, he's made $35 million. Um, and that, that's a lot of money. And that's just in the last two years. That's not even in counting his entire career. And so I think they're saying he's going to have a number like he's going to command like 10 to $12 million. If mm-hmm. you are JJ Redick and you want to win a championship really bad and the Lakers is that draw and you have the opportunity, I'm saying here, if they added a third superstar and you have Anthony Davis, 
say Kemba Walker or Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James on your team, I think you could get a J.J. Redick that would come on the minimum. Um, And people can call me crazy, but I think you're going to get really solid shooters like this that haven't sniffed the championship in their career yet, who have made a lot of money over their career that are going to come on the cheap to have a shot at winning a title. Yeah, I agree with you on all those fronts, man. But I just feel like Lakers are going to try to get Kawhi or Jimmy and then get role players like you said, J.J. Redick, maybe even Patrick Beverly. You know what I mean? Patrick Beverly, J.J. Redick, or Terrence Ross. So we need shooters. And also, Lakers have to understand what if we have the thought process of bringing KCP back. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, – I heard someone say that, uh, you know, the Lakers have been so generous to KCP paying him about $30 million over the last two years that maybe he would – take a pay cut to help us out since we helped him out. Um, but, you know, the relationship there with him being a clutch client and KCP, the nice thing is we have his early bird rights since we've had him the last two years. So um, if we were able to keep him for another year in some form, uh, then we would have his full bird rights going into the following year, which would really help us um, in, in keeping him in salary wise. But, you know, I think you bring up a really good point, uh, in going for that third superstar level talent, because one thing that this trade did um, and people can debate whether you, whether the Lakers won the trade or the Pelicans won the trade or that who won, who lost or whatever. I think grading these trades is so stupid because you're giving a grade to a trade like this, like hours after it happens when you haven't seen either team perform. And yes, one person can argue that the Pelicans have a really bright future. They have a ton of assets, which they do. But if Lonzo Ball, I mean, I could easily argue he's going to be gone in a year. Brandon Ingram, who hasn't been completely healthy, although I I, I think his blood clot health issue is really overstated. I don't think it's that big of an issue. I've already heard he's been cleared for on-court activity. So I I think he'll return to form, and I hope he does. Um, but Brandon Ingram, he's going to be a restricted free agent next year, and he's going to be demanding somewhere in the form of $20 million per year. And so, like, I think these trades are really, really dumb. But one thing that you can grade the Lakers on after this trade is that the Lakers and their brand have always been about the superstar player. They've mm-hmm. always been about the superstar talent, whether that was Shaq, Kobe, even getting Pau Gasol in his prime. Um, and then last summer getting LeBron James, you know, this, this last six years of rebuilding and trying to change this culture from superstar win now to let's build up the young core and have a 10 year future with the same three or four guys that's never been in the Laker DNA. And so what this trade really showed was Jeannie Buss saying, okay, we're going to go get that other superstar talent to pair with LeBron James, and we're going to make the Lakers the Lakers again. And that's something I give an A-plus to Rob Plink and Jeannie Buss for doing. Yep, I give them an A-plus. And I, I, like when like I stated earlier, like when Lakers fans were protesting, I was just laughing. Like, when we get a superstar, y'all going to be praising Jeannie and Rob Plink. Nah, you were bashing everybody, everybody on Twitter that I see on the comments on the Lakers thing when they post stuff. Trade LeBron, get rid of Jeannie Buss, sell the team. And I was always comment, stay patient, hashtag trust the front office. And like right, right, everybody says Rob Polinka made bad decisions. Okay, that's fine. Then you go through those bad decisions, then you readjust how you can do it better. So Rob Polinka is doing a tremendous job so far. And when we win the NBA championship, we will. if we win the championship next year, we won the trade regardless. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that all it takes is for one 
and this is also what I kind of think is crazy is listening to different sports writers and, you know, these Bill Simmons of the world that host these podcasts and ESPN and Fox sports, whoever it may be, you know, they really look at like the depth of this trade saying that like, okay, the Lakers acquired Anthony Davis to win with LeBron James. And yeah, I think LeBron James probably has two more really, really good years in his prime. Um, where he's able to, you know, really be the best player on a championship team. But Anthony Davis just turned 26, like, three months ago. And he is in the prime of his prime, and he has at least six years left of being Anthony Davis. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis are two of the top three players in NBA history in player efficiency rating. It's it's I think it's LeBron and then Michael or maybe that's reverse order and then Anthony Davis. So you have two of the top three players, not just currently in the NBA, but in NBA history who have led the league in player efficiency rating on the same team right now. And let's not make this sound like we're going up against the Golden State Warriors dynasty who we've seen the last five years. The NBA is so wide open right now. And this trade for the Lakers especially was an absolute no brainer. Um, They should be celebrating. There's still a lot of work to do. I don't, think we should be you know really complacent with the trade that's been made but that this was the first step and a huge step in the right direction to kind of shut all the haters up saying the Lakers are back we have a prime LeBron who I've heard is really pissed off about what he's heard around the league of you know he's not in that best player category anymore Um, and it's you can easily argue that the Lakers currently have two of the best five to six to seven players in the NBA right now, and they're going to be coming out hot next year looking to get the title in year one of this duo. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's – we got Anthony Davis, and a lot of Laker fans are upset about the Lonzo. Lonzo's good. Brandon Ingram's talented as heck. But if you want to win championships, you're going to have to just swing for the fences. And if you noticed, Magic Johnson got LeBron, Rob Flinger got Anthony Davis, and – that's telling me I'm not bashing Magic. I feel like Magic was kind of the problem because as soon as he leaves, we get Anthony Davis. So what is like? And here's a, I give a positive from Lakers. They're staying quiet with oh, the Lakers are dysfunctional. They're not running well. And I I told my friend on Twitter I said if the Lakers are quiet, no leaks or anything, they're putting in work, and that's what they're doing. I want them to continue to stay quiet. And then once we have all these players, what's up? What's up? What's up, haters? Where y'all at? Because Genie Bus is the problem. Rob Palinka, Linda Rems. No, we don't know that. Give him a chance. You feel me? No, I oh, mean- absolutely. No, I completely agree. And kind of just what I said earlier, this trade and getting Anthony Davis really helped the Lakers, um, you know, reset their identity and go back to, to what it was like when Dr. Bus was running the team. And if, if the Lakers win a title, whether it's this year or in two years, with Anthony Davis, which, I mean, I, Vegas is already telling you they're their favorites, and we haven't even hit free agency yet. And I don't see any two big fish that are out there right now that are going to go to another team that are really going to upset what the Lakers are going to be building around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, but being able for the Lakers to reset and to be able to go back to their identity that they had under Dr. Bus of winning championships with superstar elite talents is something that's so important. And it's something that is going to um, just really authenticate and vindicate what Jeannie Bus has been doing. And it's going to, she's going to be able to have respect from everyone around the league, um, especially being a woman, but also showing that she can follow in what her dad built in the city of Los Angeles. 
Um, and so I think it's just really exciting. And to think that the Lakers, this was a huge step. And I know as far as like trade compensation goes because of how the draft picks are that they sent to New Orleans, um, they're very limited in what they can do. But to think that this was the only plan that they had going forward saying, okay, we just need to get Anthony Davis and we'll tear out the rest. They're going to, they have plan B and plan C lined up going into free agency for the max slot um, possibilities, but also for what role players fit well. Maybe they'll bring back a Brooke Lopez who can stretch the floor, um, who showed how crucial he was for Milwaukee. The Lakers have plans going forward. Well, I saw a report that uh, Patrick Beverly is going to meet with us in free agency. Yeah, I I saw a report that he's planning to meet with multiple teams before he even yeah. meets with the Clippers. Um, so what does that tell you when usually – bunch of teams before that team that you're on does that mean they're leaving or does it just mean to get a sense of what other teams have to offer first right yeah i think they just kind of want to know uh especially so when they go back to their team they can already kind of be able to let their team know what the feel is out there and if you had a if you had a patrick beverly on the lakers with a lebron james and an anthony davis and you have that pest that will really he's not afraid of anyone and he showed that in the first round of the playoffs this year how he was able to get into seven foot Kevin Durant's mind. Um, and now we know Durant, it's easy to get into his head, but having a Patrick Beverly, I think that would be an absolute win for the Lakers. If they were able to maybe steal that. Maybe, uh, I said, maybe bring him off the bench and then bring back Rondo. Like if Lakers can have that, like if Lakers get Rondo back, maybe even Patrick Beverly, bring him in, maybe bring him back. Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, like who knows what the Lakers are doing, but I like when they're quiet, like I stated earlier, because that means they're, putting in the work no absolutely and that's here's the funny thing why did espn always like always have to throw out negative storylines and saying that the young because i remember brian windhorse ramona shelburne saying that we have nothing to offer we don't got the assets our assets are not good but as soon as they get traded they're praising the pelicans they're praising lonzo brandon ingram josh hart it's like i feel like everybody at, that works at espn in the studio except for people that uh, i talk to that work at espn la they just like to make a fake drama, just talk about something, and they hate the Lakers. It's just a proven fact. No, it's really true, and it's it's just so amazing how the narrative surrounding, like, leading up, even since February, about the trade package that the Lakers had and were going to have, um, and what it was like once the trade actually went through. You know, every podcast you listen to, every snippet on Sports Center, uh, whatever you read on Twitter, it was always that, you know, the Lakers have a nice package, but it's probably not the best or second best package that's out there. Um, and, you know, you have the Celtics who can trump anyone. And then it kind of moved to, oh, when the Knicks got the third pick in the lottery and the Lakers were fourth, well, you know, this is really only a three-person draw draft and it just – it drops off a cliff after the third pick. So the Lakers really aren't there yet because they have the fourth pick. And then the second this trade goes through, everyone is just turning the tables and talking about how big of a haul the Pelicans got. The Pelicans won the trade. It's a no brainer for the Pelicans. They're going to have, if you're an NBA GM right now, you want to be the GM of the Pelicans because you have so many assets going forward. You're going to have Zion Williamson. You're going to have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, who, 48 hours ago before this trade. Well, I don't know if Brandon Ingram's going to be very healthy. You know, Lonzo Ball hasn't been healthy either. He's only able to play 60-odd games the last two years combined, yada, yada. It's just amazing how the narrative changes on the Lakers. But 
you know, with greatness comes that hate, which has obviously been felt around the league. Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. But um, I don't think Lonzo's going to be in – not Lonzo. I don't think Brandon Ingram's going to be in New Orleans. I think he might get traded to Washington with the fourth pick for Bradley Bill. Yeah, I've heard they're uh, – yeah, I know the Pelicans are strongly – they they really like Bradley Beal, and they would love to figure out a way to get him here. Um, it's going to be interesting going into the draft to see where that fourth pick really falls because, I mean, it was no secret that the Pelicans are not high on keeping it. Um, and I think it's also really tough with Washington because they don't even have a president of basketball operations. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. In Tampa right now. And so – you know, what's their owner really going to allow them to do as far as changes being made to the roster? Washington is really probably one of the worst rosters to have right now because of how bad that John Wall contract is. Like, the extension hasn't even kicked in yet. And it's arguably one of the worst and probably is the worst contract in pro sports right now. Um, and so I think Bradley Beal is kind of there as – you know, the safekeeper to kind of cover up the mess that they have in Washington. But, hey, if David Griffin's able to flip Brandon Ingram in the fourth pick and maybe something else to the Wizards for Bradley Beal, I mean, that would be another great move by him. But it'll be interesting to see where that fourth pick falls and how long uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball really stay in New Orleans as Pelicans. Yeah, I get That's, that's going to be a crazy trade if it goes down, man. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. But I give Lonzo's career in New Orleans about it's it's gonna only stay one year because his dad's gonna say things and then Dave Griffin's probably gonna trade him because Lavar Ball needs to be quiet sometimes. You know what I mean? Did you see his interview today on first take? Um, I didn't see it. Uh, I saw a couple snippets, but why don't you tell us a little bit? Oh, uh, he was saying that. Um, oh, I wanted the Lakers to trade my son to the Pelicans, but when there was rumors about him going to the Pelicans, he says he ain't gonna go there. So Lavar, you're just mad that you. Got your son traded for those comments from earlier in the year. LeVar Ball got his son traded. It's just that simple to me. And I'm glad he's going to – he got traded. Good luck to them in New Orleans, man. Good luck with that nonsense guy over there. Yeah, I think it's uh, – you know, it's it's obvious that they don't want to be in New Orleans because even – I think it was around the trade deadline this year when the rumors were swirling that the Lakers were trying to land Anthony Davis – you know, and then all of a sudden the reports came out that, oh, Lonzo wants to be traded to the Bulls. Oh, he wants to be traded to New York, which those are the two biggest markets um, right there with L.A. You know, those are the top three markets in the NBA, Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago. So it's it's no secret that the ball, that LeVar Ball wants his boys, and I say boys because for some reason he thinks he's going to get Leangelo and LaMelo both in the NBA to play with Lonzo. But uh, he wants him in a big market for their brand, and he knows going to New Orleans is really going to hit him hard. Uh, and there's no way he can be looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, Lavar Ball is going to force his son out of New Orleans, but I think Lavar needs to just go away for a couple months and just be quiet. Oh no, I feel like what he's been doing, the sons are not good. He should let his son go through high school, go through what it's like, go through college. You know what I mean? Instead of going the European route, it's not working. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's tough because I know like LeVar Ball gets criticized a lot and he says some pretty outrageous things. Um, but I mean, I, I just try to believe that he's just a loving yeah. father that wants what's best for his kids. But sometimes, you know, I think he's got to realize that they're adults too and that they have the ability to make their own decisions. Um, but I mean, I'll admit when I 
like after I kind of digested the trade and I was super excited for the Lakers that we were able to land Anthony Davis, I was kind of like, dang, Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson on the same team. Like I'm going to have to watch a couple games because that's going to be pretty fun, especially when they start to figure it out. Uh, and Zion, you know, learns and figures out how to play in, in the NBA. But I mean, regardless, it was a great trade for the Lakers. Um, championships are coming. Um, but here's the thing, I've, you know, I've as I said earlier, because if we win the NBA championship, oh, you didn't go through Golden State. Golden State was injured. It's like okay, but that's the thing. If but if we beat the Golden State Warriors with the Kevin Durant's and the Clays and everybody, oh, the refs cheated. So it's kind of like these fans always complain about everything. They whine about the, some Laker fans. Didn't want to give up this young core for Anthony Davis. They think Alonzo and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart could be better than Anthony Davis because this generation is so uh, – because we have been losing for six straight seasons now. So we're so – we get so attached to these young players. The, oh, let's develop, and then once they leave, we cry. It's a part of the business, man. Josh Hart was upset that he got traded. Or Larry Nance posted him on his Instagram and said, prove them wrong that they got rid of you. you man, we're not going to regret it. We're going to win championships. So this city of Los Angeles, it's all about championships. If you cry, get out of L.A. Just as Yeah, exactly. And and this goes further. This trade, and this is something that I think is so focused on because, yeah, we have LeBron, LeBron James, who's 34 years old, going on 35, um, who's, as we said, is definitely towards the end of his career. Um, but Anthony Davis is only 26 years old. And if you think Anthony Davis, who is a top, five, six talent in the NBA is not going to be able to attract other stars to come play with him in Los Angeles. You're absolutely crazy. This is a trade not for next year, not for this coming year or the following year, but this is a trade where you're going to have one of the top superstar talents in the NBA for the next decade. And that's going to send repercussions through the entire NBA and people are going to want to come play with Anthony Davis. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But what about all those ESPN that are saying the Clippers are a destination to go Brooklyn? But Brooklyn has like 46 million cap space. And I heard Wojnowski said um, he's leaning towards Brooklyn. Boston's worried and all that stuff. But here's the thing. Why would he go to New Jersey to have his own team? To me, I feel like if he goes to New Jersey, he's all about the money. Once they're in his own team, he doesn't want to win a championship anymore, in my opinion. Yeah, and if, if that's the mindset, you know, then that's not the type of player that you want to come, yeah. you know, play with two other superstars. So, uh, I think it'll be really interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Clippers do um, as ESPN especially has been adamant that Kawhi Leonard is going to the Clippers, and if he doesn't, he goes to the Raptors. And if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers, they're going to say, oh, well, you know, because they were able to acquire Anthony Davis, that just changed everything. And why wouldn't he go play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis uh, for the Lakers? So it'll be interesting to see what the Clippers do, how that narrative changes. I think the Lakers are in play for – Every superstar, a lot of people, I mean, Woj, you don't want to disagree with what Woj is saying. If he says the trade is going to get done July 6th, I'm sure it's going to get done July 6th. But, again, I believe Eric Pincus came out with a piece that said, um, and I've heard this from other people, that um, if Anthony Davis is willing to waive his uh, trade bonus, which I think he will if he has the Lakers have a commitment from a Kawhi Leonard um, that he wants to come join the Lakers. The Lakers can get right close to that max slot um, within a million dollars, maybe even a little no, bit less, that like works. five or something. Work? So if Anthony Davis said, I'm going to waive it, so doesn't the Pelicans have to agree on it to push it back, or is it all on Anthony Davis? Um, so the timing of the trade doesn't really matter. Like, the Pelicans and Lakers, 
they figure out if they want it to come through July 6th or July 30th. Um, but Anthony Davis, he can make the call on whether or not the trade kicker comes. But either way, how it comes, the Pelicans have to pay it, uh, but it'll show up on our salary. Okay, sheet. yeah. Whatever, whatever they start to do, man, we start bear with it and every Laker fan's panicking. No, Anthony Davis ain't going to help us get us cap space. We don't know that yet, so we just got to be paid. Our Laker fans are yeah. panicked right now, still, even with this team that we have. You know what I mean? I know. that That's one thing that Lakers fans need to understand is that if Kawhi Leonard says he wants to come to L.A. Um, and Anthony Davis has his say on whether he wants to waive or accept that no trade, I think – I think a conversation with LeBron James and Rich Paul are going to say, Anthony, you know, this is the option you have next summer. You can sign a five-year deal worth over $202 million. What's $4 million right now? Fans need to remember that Anthony Davis gave up the Supermax contract, which is an additional because of how he is here and he's going to get the five years. So it's not, if he were to go to a different team that didn't have his bird rights, we have his bird rights. So that's benefit to us. But if you went to a different team, that no Supermax going to a team with no bird rights, there's about an $80 million that he would have given up on. In this, there's only about $35 million that he loses. Uh-huh. Um, and so his next contract, he's going to be well over $200 million. And so if you take $200 million compared with the $4 million, um, you know, I don't think $4 million is much to Anthony Davis. So if they have that ability to add that third superstar-level player, in Kawhi Leonard, you can bet that Anthony Davis is willing to waive that, and they'll get right close to that max slot they need. So, yeah, big baby, you said the best. Laker fans, you just need to take a deep breath, let free agency play out, um, see if the Lakers get a commitment from a superstar player, and if they do, they're going to find a way to add him. And that's that's really all you need to understand. You don't need to worry about what ESPN's saying about, oh, the trade's going to happen on July 6th. They're only going to have $23.7 million to spend. Just take a deep breath and let it play out and – you have Anthony Davis, so things are going to work out. Yep, everything's going to work out, man. But real quick, uh, do you think these players already have a wink-wink handshake, let's run it, already like already got a commitment from Kawhi or something on the low and then just announce it? Um, I don't know if the Kawhis or, you know, I don't know if, if they've given a commitment, but um, I'm, and I don't know this, I'm not like reporting or anything, but I'm near certain that, you know, LeBron has had these significant conversations with them saying, Hey, come, we can do this. And it's not just going to be a one year title run. You know, we can win the next two, three, four years. And then when I'm out of here, UNAD can take it for the next six. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's definitely been some intimate conversations uh, between LeBron and now that Anthony Davis is coming. I'm sure Anthony Davis has entered into that. Uh, conversation with these other players, but definitely they've been speaking. Um, and I wouldn't even be surprised if Rob Blinken knows even more than maybe he should. <laughs> but, because there's um, audio of Kawhi, not quite audio of LeBron saying, we'll keep in touch. His mindset is on Kawhi Leonard. And he was in Vegas when Kawhi Leonard was there. Do you know who Cuff the Legend is? Yeah. He was saying, I think before the trade happened, acquiring Anthony Davis and keeping Kuzma. Is a is a big W. Everybody's like, "What? What?" Trade happens, so he kind of. I have a feeling LeBron's probably talking about it, and he could tweet it because he's a, his former trainer. And he can't get in trouble. He's like, "Oh, you're yeah. oh, you're saying nonsense, whatever." Boom, it happens. He also put the starting lineup. He put Rondo, Kuzma. 
I think I think it was Rondo, Kuzma, Brandon. No, not Brandon. It was Rondo, Kuzma, Kawhi, LeBron, Anthony Davis. A starting lineup, and everybody's saying it's he's, he's going to the Lakers. I think he's just trying to get everybody hyped. But if he comes to Laker, man, we're winning a championship. Easy. No, I agree. Yeah, I did see that, and I know a few years ago, Cuffs was saying stuff uh, that ended up happening well before it even happened. So, is he predicting um, that, or do you, is he predicting that, or do you think he's getting that information? I I believe that he has some source of knowledge, whether it's straight from LeBron um, or a different way. But I think he has a he has a legitimate feel for what's happening. Um, but I mean, I can't say where his information is coming from. But um, I don't think he's just predicting that. I think mm-hmm. he has intel on the specific situation. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy offseason. Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready for the NBA draft, and that's going to be a good couple months, man. Can't wait till basketball season comes around. Comes around. Big baby, do you know what number Anthony Davis is going to wear? Because we got to order our AD jerseys. I don't know. Yeah, probably either twenty-one or uh, fourteen. Because I saw a lot of photo shots, but I would see him. I think 21 would be a good number for him. Yeah, I think so. I was going to I was gonna send out a tweet saying the biggest problem the Lakers have to have this offseason is figuring out who's going to wear number 23. Nah, or LeBron <laughs> go back to six and Anthony Davis six to 23 jersey. You never know. But we'll see what happens, man. All right, Big Baby. Do you have anything else to say uh, before we end this podcast tonight? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Big Baby Jonathan, and hear, and hear my podcast on the Anchor app, the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast Show. All right, folks, you heard it here. I am your host tonight, Russell Morin, with our very special guest, uh, Big Baby Jonathan. We hope you all take care, and let's go Lakers. All right, thanks for having me on. You guys take care.